Good afternoon and welcome to Thompson Today on 1029 CHTM. I'm Navi Ball and my guest today is Eric Rader, the Wilderness and Water Campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. Eric is here to talk about the emergency legislation session the provincial government held last week and the Wilderness Committee's take on the environmental bills that were brought forward during the session. So Eric, before we get into the bills themselves, for those who may not know, could you explain what the Wilderness Committee is and what your role is with the organization? Yeah, the Wilderness Committee is a nationwide environmental organization. We're people-powered. There's about 60,000 people across the country who chip in every year to make sure we can keep being a watchdog, paying attention to wild species and healthy communities. And in this case, we were looking at legislation that was being passed by the Manitoba government and how it might apply to our water, to our species, to generally to Manitoba. Yeah, so speaking on that, the emergency session at the legislature seemed to be a cause of concern for the Wilderness Committee. So could you elaborate as to why that was? Yeah, in the month of March... The current Manitoba government introduced 25 new bills. That was over 600 pages of legislation that changed 91 different existing acts. It's a very big legislative change, and it happened under the cover of a pandemic. So we reviewed all of this legislation just to see what it really meant, and then we found some legislation we had concerns about, water issues and privatization of Fisheries Act and Forest Act pieces. And so we put out a news release calling attention because the government was moving forward with some of this legislation. Yeah, so the last part you just mentioned is a part of Bill 30, which allows for the privatization of forests and provincial parks in addition to issuing permits online. So could you talk about why the Wilderness Committee finds this bill to be problematic? Bill 30, as introduced, has an explanatory note, which all the bills have, and it's about being able to sell hunting and fishing licenses online. The bill itself is seven pages. Bills usually say that we're going to change the wording of an existing law, an existing act in Manitoba to say if people can do this through the internet. In the case of some of the lines in Bill 30, it says people other than the government are able to issue permits or able to do activities. But the interesting thing is that it affects the Forest Act, which allows people outside the government privatization of the service. But the Forest Act doesn't deal with hunting and fishing. There isn't an explanation in public. There wasn't an explanation to anybody that we know. The legislators who were privy to some of the briefings from the government said it's about licenses for log for hunting and fishing. But the legislation as written and introduced leaves a wide enough loophole that it could mean any number of things. And of course, that is our big concern. Obviously, we do have forests and provincial parks in the north. So what would this mean for our region specifically? I guess should highlight the good thing first. Of course, the ability to not have to go into a store, remote communities to be able to buy a hunting or fishing license. I have myself been on the way out to the country, to my dad's or something, and realized that I hadn't bought a license yet. The ability to go online if you have internet access and purchase a license, you know, that's a step forward. It's probably easier for the government of Manitoba to manage. So the highlight positive, we're often critical about things, but that's a really good uh, step. It's nice to see that. But if we get into the Forest Act, does it mean that we're going to have somebody other than government scientists talking about issuing logging licenses or the permits for logging? We don't really know. Because, again, the government hasn't spoken about this. It's not in the explanatory note. 
there doesn't seem to be a reason why the Forest Act is in here. Is it something as simple as putting a permit to go cut down a Christmas tree online, and that's the process? Well, maybe, but again, we weren't told any of these things. Is it a a firewood cutting permit? Now, I'd imagine in the North, that's not something that everybody gets. People often go to the bush to get their wood. But this is at a time when there's very few people paying attention to the legislation to introduce 25 different bills and so many changes What we need to see is we need to see a bit more adjustment from the government to tell us what's going on so those people can attend to it. And that's really a concern for the way that we see the process going on right now. Now, Bill 30 was one of the many bills that were introduced at the session that pertains to the environment in some way. So why does the Wilderness Committee believe these bills are not conducive to proper environmental oversight? The way that the process went, what had been Part of the negotiations, the Manitoba government was going to move forward one step from first reading to second reading. It had been suggested on all of the bills, which included the one on the greenhouse gas emissions and water structures, which I think is Bill 34 and Bill 36, which is the minerals tax credit. Now, the Wilderness Committee is a, a critical of mining exploration inside provincial parks. We don't feel that parks should be bulldozed for that. There are a few parks in Manitoba that are still at risk. And during the previous government, back in 2012, they had said, we're going to stop mineral exploration bulldozing in our provincial parks. But this was kind of a what they would call a gentleman's agreement. They said, yeah, we're just going to do that. They'd listed it on the website, but they didn't pass any regulation. What we've seen, and specifically in Nopaming Provincial Park, where I spend most of my time, is extensive sections bulldozed for mineral exploration, areas that we're never going to be able to open a mine up in anywhere. Anyways, areas that have been extensively, I guess, explored for minerals for 100 years, and they've never found enough to make a mine. So we're seeing a lot of damage to parks that we just don't need to see. Just this, of course, we haven't broken this to the public yet, but in the last month, I documented where they bulldozed down to a lake shore. They filled in gravel out onto this pristine lake inside a park to do mineral exploration. So they've left some damage. They're going to be polluting the water with the, the gravel and the road that they've put down to this lake for what is likely very little benefit. So the mineral tax credit, we're basically paying people to keep bulldozing our provincial parks and affecting our fresh water. And whether you work in the mining industry or not, those are things that people still value. So that's what the Wilderness Committee pays attention to is the mining and parks section. The water control section, again, if they're they're putting on, you know, if you're looking in the north and in areas around the Paw, there's a lot of water control structures in place. Now, opening it up to privatization so a company is responsible for looking after the water instead of the government, you know, our water is precious. Water is life is the phrase that is repeated often. We don't support moving protection for our water, control of our water from the government, from the people of Manitoba into private hands. Their goal at the end of the day is to make money, and we don't support that. So privatization of water structures is one of the pieces of legislation the current government has introduced, although in their emergency session, it sounds like it didn't go forward. In that same vein, could you talk about the status of these other environmental bills? Have they been passed or blocked at this time? Yeah, so Bill 30, which I'd mentioned, was about licenses online. I believe that one has gone through and has been given royal assent, so it's become law already, which the fishing season is coming quickly upon us, so that's probably part of what the government is looking to do. But because they were trying to pass things as a committee of the whole, is the technical term, meaning everybody has to agree to it, there were people who objected to Bill 44, which was the one which is the really you know, contentious one that needs lots of public discussion. It pulls things like public utility board oversight, which, so that one has been held up. 
Bill 35 is a greenhouse gases one. I don't think that one was moving forward yesterday, but 44 was blocked yesterday, which was a good thing. There were, I believe, five acts that were specific to the COVID-19 pandemic and a government response. Those were introduced, read through, and passed in the emergency session. So for us to see this privatization bill or this Internet Access Bill 30, we're disappointed that it went through, it's become law, and honestly, it's just become law before anybody in Manitoba has had a chance to look at it. That's just incredible that people don't haven't even heard about these things and the privatization of access under the Forest Act, unless they are paying close attention to our media release, then it's, it's gone, they're in trouble already. So the other pieces will be held up. They passed three other bills, which... Some of them weren't from the environmental standpoint, you know, as we're a charity, that's what we pay attention to. We're required by the CRA to sort of talk about those things. We talk about the democracy as well, because the government has tremendous opportunity to publish data about any of these things they plan to do. In fact, during the election, they could have been talking about privatizing these things. They could have put out a statement on their website. They could have posted one of the videos. The government's posting videos all the time. They could have sent out a news release explaining what they were doing with Bill 30. They could have answered questions or brought it up in the daily news conference that they do. But none of those things happened. And what's occurring now is that we simply do not have a say in what's going in. There's a majority government. They can pass the things that they want to, or they can push things through quite quickly. And the general public has been left out of discussing what Bill 30 means. If the government, for whatever reason, if this really is only about hunting fishing licenses, even though the Forest Act doesn't have anything to do with them, then then we're doing okay. But we might find in the future that, wow, this was an opportunity. This was a place where advantage was taken. And not only are we suffering fears from our loved ones getting sick, ourselves getting sick, our loss of income and our freedom to go and do the things that we want to do. All those things are in front of us, but we're also losing democracy, which you kind of don't realize that it's disappearing until it's almost too late to claw back, which you can probably see happening uh, south of the border for us. Now, in your opinion, do you think the government should have waited to pass these environmental bills or have set up a way for there to be more discussion surrounding them? Yeah, it's hard to say whether the government needed to wait on passing these bills or if more importantly, they needed to give a proper explanation to the public about what they plan to do. And that would allow the public to decide, yeah, if you raise awareness about an issue and they say this is exactly how it's going to happen, because I've heard from people saying, oh, the government says this is just about selling hunting and fishing licenses online. Well, if that's the explainer and that's what the government's come out and said, and this is the process and they explain why they need to put the Forest Act into this, that would be a way forward to clear up the concerns and the confusion. So anything that the government does now, when we're not allowed to go sit at the legislature and hear what they're talking about, when first and second reading and all of these usual processes and committee hearings, things are a little bit upended. What the government can move, just like everybody else has done, is to figure out how to communicate online so that people know what's happening. And that's really the democratic step that needs to happen. Should we be privatizing parks or forests? The Wilderness Committee says absolutely not. But it's harder to say exactly what's going to go on with those things. But the government can do much better in terms of talking to the public about what they plan to do, passing laws as they go forward. And I hope they'll take that lesson to heart and learn from it. And how could the government have implemented public discussion during this time where everyone is staying home and social distancing? 
Well, in this time, we've seen the government put their resources toward a video with all the ministers congratulating healthcare workers, saying that they're the heroes. So we've seen them put resources towards publicity already. If you log on to social media, oftentimes ads will pop up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, paid for by the Manitoba government saying, because of COVID-19, these are social distancing measures and these we should avoid gatherings. The government has so many streams to discuss these things. They could be posted on the website for conservation and climate saying Bill 30 is going to introduce changes so that it's easier for us to. There are so many avenues that the government can talk about these things, but we don't see that happening. So the government, unlike other people, is like, oh, we can't communicate person anymore. The Wilderness Committee, we go door to door and talk to people. Well, you know, on March 9th, when we realized the severity of the crisis unfolding, we began the process of winding down all our person-to-person operations. And by the time March 19th run came about, while the government was tabling these bills and still having the legislature set, we had already gone entirely online with our work. It's not that everybody else, it's not that there isn't an example already being set. The Manitoba government is just being very slow in realizing that our democracy also requires them to do more publicly than they would have done in the past. Now, is there some sort of dialogue going on between the Wilderness Committee and the province regarding these bills? Yeah, well, actually, what I had done last week was I had read through all 25 bills and written up my notes about what they mean, whether it's something that we even work on as an organization. And I had planned to write an op-ed explaining there's issues coming forward and we have to really pay attention to nature and wilderness as, as we're sort of changing things. And that was all of that work to publicize this and to get in touch with the government to say, can you explain to me what this and this and this means? All of that was circumvented when suddenly there was an emergency legislative session and they were talking about moving forward with all of the bills. Now there will be letters to, there was a very big response to our news release because so many people weren't aware it was happening. So many people weren't quite sure, where do I find these bills? Which changes are they actually making? 25 bills and, you know, however many hundred pages of things. So the communication to the government, although we don't sit down and negotiate with government, we certainly will ask the questions and have them respond and then put that response out public so people can see. Like, again, as I said, there was the good piece making it easier for people to buy their license online. Some of the stuff is really out of those 600 pages. Some of it makes very good sense. And then some of it is of concern to us, right? And is moving in the direction of deregulation of nature and wilderness and water, which are things that the Wilderness Committee doesn't believe in at all. You mentioned earlier that the Wilderness Committee thinks issuing permits online is a positive to these bills. Were there any other aspects of these bills that the Wilderness Committee thinks is a step in the right direction? The one bill which hasn't come up is about price on carbon, a price on greenhouse gas emissions. Now, what the government is looking at is an output-based program, and what an output based program does is it shelters businesses from the emissions they have right now and then credits them if they can reduce their emissions and charges them if they have to increase their emissions. So there's a piece of moving on a price on pollution because climate change is not going away in any of this. doesn't matter how long the pandemic keeps us down. So moving on this, something the government brought out in 2017 and rescinded again in 2018, moving on that is, you know, is a real benefit for Manitoba. The details in it is usually says we're planning on doing this and we may do it this way or we may do it that way. There aren't a lot of details in the legislation. It's just a lot of things that they call enabling legislation, putting the framework so that they can write the details in later. So moving on climate and actually moving on those sort of things, if they put in the proper numbers, as it were, if they're going to really push companies to to improve their operations, harder penalties, that'll be a good thing for us. But 
the pieces that I've read through, there weren't a ton of things that I said, oh, this is ideal and essential for us to move forward. Things that would be ideal and essential would be better care for wildlife, more resources towards conservation and nature-based solutions and wilderness. Those are the things that we want to see, and there isn't a lot of that in this legislation. All right. Well, was there anything else about the emergency sitting and these bills in particular that you wanted to talk about today? We're going to work on publishing some more information to our website so that people can kind of get the backstory, the long-winded instead of the short news release piece that I learned as we do the research, you know, as sort of public policy experts. We'll push, publish that, and then we'll make a letter-writing tool so that people can voice their opinions to the legislators, to the government, kind of an easy way for them to say, yeah, I actually support this, or I don't support this, or I would like you to explain this to me. That's uh, that's something that we'll be doing because it's obvious from the response that people are concerned about the environmental regulations and there isn't enough information for them right now. So we will try and provide that on our website, wildernesscommittee.org. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for shedding some light on these bills and, and giving the Wilderness Committee's perspective on them. Thank you for having me on to talk about this. It's uh, helpful to get this information out to the public. All right. That was Eric Rader from the Wilderness Committee. To learn more about what they do, you can check out their website at wildernesscommittee.org. For this edition of Thompson Today on 1029 CHTM, I'm Navi Ball.